Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Believe it or not, we have more live sports handicapping info for you today. We are going to the track. Andy, you excited? You know, we talked a little off air about this. It's almost, it's, it's the Sunday scaries on a Wednesday night. <laughs> it is. It, it, it is. I, I, you it know, is. you said it, and I couldn't even tease you because I feel it too. We've had we've had some good draft content. I've had a lot of great draft conversations with people I talk to, and I'm very excited for the draft every year. But obviously, you know, this has been said so many times by so many different people. Way more excitement this year. Way more discussion because it's the only thing. And like it sucks that it's like I don't. I wish there was one more day. Like I wish it was Friday now. I want yeah. it to. I, I don't want it to be over. So it, it's. Uh, I guess it's not over in one day. But you know, the first round is a big portion of the prop betting we did. And yeah, it sucks because after that, we don't really know where we're headed after that. And we, you know, we looked around and said we're not going to do anything on Nicaraguan soccer and. We didn't have a we didn't have a table tennis guy. At we this don't moment. have a table tennis guy. So yeah, it's a, you know, and yeah. there, but there are still things going on. Yeah, the horse tracks are just going completely fanless. Which maybe maybe it's a good way to for some of these leagues to gauge what it takes for you know we had a conversation off air of like how many handlers it'll take to uh, you know put on a sporting event even without fans. Like how how bare bones can you make? Uh, your staff at an arena and still put on a major league event. And maybe this is a good way to start looking at it for some of these leagues, see how these tracks are doing it because they've, they've cut, you know, they've cut way down. You see the grooms riding around with like masks and stuff. It's kind of eerie, but at the same time, it it's a lot of fun to have something live to bet on. And there are, there are some big tracks still going. Yeah. And it's wild too, because, uh, horse racing was, uh, you know, was struggling <laughs> to say the least, uh, as we, it was, but it was struggling, struggling, uh, to say the least as we had, you know, rounded the turn into 2020. And, uh, now the quarantine may end up saving horse racing. Cause I got to tell you what, man, uh, the races will go on. Um, at first, uh, you know, March Madness gets canceled. Other live sports, you know, there was just a rash of canceling everything. Right. Uh, and I was like a little hesitant to really get into horse racing at that point in time because I was just like, yeah, this will this will only last so yeah, long. Same. Eventually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I figured like, I'd go all in. I'm not gonna get my hopes up here. Yeah, um, I was. Yeah, I was but... gonna start handicapping it harder, and then I, I like I said it to you that 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 day with the big rainbow, the rainbow pick six. Yeah, like because there was a lot of there was a lot of chatter about that. Like this might be it. This and might be it. I thought it might be. Here we, yeah, here we are a month later. But no, the racing goes on. The races must go on, uh, providing uh, much needed entertainment. I've sat down and watched a couple of a uh, couple of great races. There's been some good racing days that have kind of scratched that itch of I, I want I want to watch live sports be contested. I want to have a bet on you know bet on a race. And you know we we're long term proponents here of you know the amazing experience that horse racing is uh, from a betting standpoint. It's just it's a great freaking time. It's hard. It's hard to win teaches you how to lose. There's a lot of, you know, things you need to kind of wrap your head around it as you prepare to dive into the world of betting horses. That's for sure. Uh, and so in that vein, we're pulling somebody in 
who has kind of made an effective pivot into the world of horse racing that I have tons of respect for. Uh, none other than our old friend, Money Mills. Mark, how are you doing? Welcome back to the deep dive. I wish we were talking handicapping swimming, but uh, not unlike a <laughs> oh, swimming race God. where next year, next not, year. Unlike, not unlike a swimming race where you have like you know two minutes of excitement and uh, you know just your heart pounding through your chest, you know, waiting to see what happens. Uh, you know, horse racing delivers a lot of the same emotional ride. Would you say that's fair? I think uh, horse racing offers some of the most excitement you will have as a better. Um, and that's probably the only thing you can take to the bank going to the track. <laughs> that's hard, a hard, hey, hard time out, hard time out. Everybody stop, <laughs> stop what you're doing. Why don't we have paramutual betting on like swimming and running? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know the answer to that. Oh my hey, God. Like exact yeah. boxes in the Olympics. Oh, it'd be so great. It'd be oh, so great. I got really excited. Just so if anyone's a bookmaker listening, get, give us that. You got a whole year. You know how many heats, COVID. you know how many heats of the hundred they run a, a ton bunch. Mm-hmm. I would, I would bet into a pair mutual pool in Olympic swimming. Oh, hell my God. Yes. You know how many swimming events there are during the season that, you know, some of them do end up on NBC MC2As. Yeah, a lot yeah. of that stuff doesn't get televised. Man, you could really bring swimming into the, you know, into the forefront if we offered some some betting on that. Oh I don't gosh. know why. We're, I don't know what we're waiting for. I mean, <laughs> trickle it down <laughs> to the country club to the country club summer league level. Let's get start, these. Let's, yeah, yeah. Let's start broadcasting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Division one swimming in Northern Virginia and uh, <laughs> and get these. You know, ten year old, twenty five breaststroke is is up on the blocks. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's, it is a super, super fun, uh, experience horse racing. And, um, I, uh, I guess give us a, first of all, how are things, uh, for Europe and Canada, right? Yes, I am, sir. How are things going up there during this quarantine? And, uh, and then tell us a little bit about how you got into horse racing. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, things are good. I can't complain. Um, still healthy wife, still healthy. Uh, things are good on our end. Um, I'm definitely driving her nuts being at home like this. So, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) uh, it's it's great when she has to go out for uh, some work stuff. And I think even she would tell you that. Um, yeah. So I decided to, you asked why I got into horse racing. Um, it became very obvious to me that my edge, especially in EPL had diminished, um, to the point where it was really questionable whether I should even be betting it based off, uh, you know, I just couldn't get the numbers that I, I used to be getting on my angles. They were pretty dried up. So, um, I decided to try to pivot to something and I had a good friend, um, shout out to miles there, the, the big degenerate who was taking me out to the track and, uh, was able to make some friendships and some connections out there. Um, and then, you know, there were some people on Twitter who I just reached out to and were very helpful at the start getting me going. And, um, I was lucky enough to, Kind of develop something and, and form a group around me where I was able to learn a lot very quickly and and um, you know turn this into something where I could make some money despite uh, you know the tracks taking such massive holds. What what's your local track? I love it. Or or do you just do an off off track yeah. betting place? So there is a local track here. It's called Century Downs. Uh, it's about 10, 15 minutes from my house. Um, Oh God, that's they don't have a lot of <laughs> great racing going on, but uh, I, I got to give another shout out to Shelly there who kind of runs the local track. Um, br- brought Shelley. me into a circle of some real degenerates and was able to expedite <laughs> my learning process. Uh, and she's also sent me just some some absolutely amazing tips on, on things to look out for and horses in certain races that I would have never been clued into. So 
you know, like anything with, uh, with sports betting, um, I think it's important to build a great network around yourself, especially with horse racing. Cause there's just so much information. Yeah, no doubt. Um, is it fair? Cause so, okay. My general approach to horse racing is like the, is not one that's going to win me money long-term. Like I know it's a luxury tax for me to be betting horses because I get involved for the big races. I get involved for the big, I go, I, I gravitate towards the big pools. Like I know I'm, I'm the fish here. I know it. Um, is there a distinct difference in terms of approach when you get to looking at the races, the race card every day, uh, relative to just zeroing in on the biggest, uh, you know, the breeders and the, uh, the Derby and the, the, you know, the, uh, the Belmont and, you know, the Travers, the big ones during the summer, like, is there a difference when you're looking at uh, a race card every every single day in terms of an approach, or do you think that uh, uh, someone like me, who's very very recreational, could figure it out on the fly? I, I would never discourage anyone from trying to figure it out on the fly. I, I think it would absolutely be possible. Um, you know, I think you would have to probably be a little bit more selective in your approach um, than I imagine what most people would be doing if they're you know if they're going to the track one day and there's twelve races. Uh, I don't think anyone can look me in the eye and tell me they're not going to put 12 bets in. Um, <laughs> that's fair. Yes, that's race. true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> per race. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. you know, so I, I think that would be probably the most difficult thing to overcome, right? Like it, you, you called it a luxury tax and I think that's absolutely fine. I mean, you could go to the track and have uh, a good time with the chance of winning some money for sure. But um, it's like anything, right? Like if you were to bet NFL props, blindly with no real edge the more you're betting the more likely you are to lose you kind of multiply that by the fact that these tracks are taking huge rakes on on races it's uh it's not exactly the most beneficial spot to be in Mm. so what's the general general rake is like 20 percent yeah it could be higher i mean i've seen ones of 30 on some races like 33 Mm. 34 um one tip if i don't know if tvg has this but hpi bet which is uh, no free ads but it's the the tvg version (laughs) up in uh up in Canada, it offers Australian races, um, and and you know some of them are pl- are plus EV, like uh, they're they're just priced much much different. Mm. Oh, that's yeah, interesting. We, we we have touched on parimutuel racing, but that, I mean that's the biggest part when we we describe how that ends up. You know when you when you are sitting there waiting for the results and the the prices to come out. Like the first part is the the you know the track takes their cut of of the pool. It just gets it gets chopped off right up the get, and th- I didn't realize we were getting up to thirty percent. I had no idea rakes were that big, so that I think that's why it's a tough it's a tough sport to bet. And I, I don't think we're going to try to make any professional horse handicappers today. But I think, like to Drew's point, I'm that way too. You know, the the Triple Crown races, the Breeders' Cup maybe Florida, Arkansas Derby, some of the big ones, Pegasus, things like that. I'll, I'll bet. And, you know, you know, luxury tax is a good way to describe it. I, I pretty much set aside some money saying I'm willing to lose all this because about half the time I do. And, and that's fine. <laughs> and, but, I, but I think, um, you know, some of the research I've done and some of the people I've talked to, and especially you, Mark, I mean, you've helped with some of this too. You know, you can make it so that money will last a little longer. Like, I, I don't know how to say this. Like, you're probably still going to lose that money because the rake is hard. And, like, we're <laughs> yeah, not going to yeah, make a professional out of you. But, you know, if, if you can, I mean, extend your enjoyment somewhat, make that make that horse budget last a little longer, I think that's, that's a great kind of way key. to approach it. That's yeah. the key to this. 
And every once in a while, you leave the track with some cash. I've done it mostly by accident. It's a lot of fun. Yep, 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 yep. Um, so what's going on with horse racing right now? Where is it being run? How many Oof. races are going on? Are you watching, you know, is, is it a cyclical thing for you over the course of the week where you're like, okay, these races on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are trash. Now Thursday, okay, getting a little more interesting. Friday, a little bit better. Saturday, okay, we get some good races. Like, how, like what's the landscape currently in horse racing? Sure. So yeah, races run pretty much uh, any day pre COVID they're, you know, they're around the clock cause you can be betting in South Korea, China, uh, Australia. So, you know, you could, uh, not be going to sleep and having a bet every two minutes. Um, and that's absolutely no exaggeration. Um, I do bet tracks kind of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but the approach is absolutely different than say a race on Saturday. Um, and Andy kind of touched on this with horse racing being paramutual. Saturday, the bigger races, um, there's more, I'll call it luxury tax money in the pool. Um, and because it's paramutual, it's going to change the odds and it's going to change kind of how I go about my handicapping, despite the fact that all the, the past performance sheets are pretty much the same. Can you describe a little bit just for anyone who's super new to this, what you mean by the odds changing? Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, you mentioned Arkansas Derby, so I'll kind of just touch on that and, uh, some things that are going on there. So, um, you know, the, the favorite in that race most likely is going to be Nadal, uh, maybe Charlatan. I mean, there's a ton up in the air with this. So, so take it for what it is. Um, there's 99 horses nominated. They're talking about splitting it. It's a lot's up in the air right now. My assumption would be Nadal or, or Charlatan are going to be the favorites, um, I think what you would, you're going to see is a lot of money go on those two horses because they are the favorites, because they're the Bob Baffert horses. They're, they're two for two. They have triple digit buyer speed figures. And I know I'm getting kind of a little bit more technical than you probably would have liked here. And I'm assuming we're going to get into some past performances, but um, their prices are going to be driven down by more public money coming in on them. So you might see a horse with that, that's shown some promise, but not necessarily uh, shown a lot of explosion, have a number drift way out. Uh, and then what will be become interesting uh, is there's applications you can use to figure out how much money is going to be bet on a horse um, to win place show. Um, and that's where you can find some really interesting edges. Ooh, I like this. Let's save some of the theory and, and sure, sure, plus, yeah. plus EV yeah. strategy. You're, getting, for the you're getting three steps ahead of yourself, mister. But basically the, the fundamental point to, to get across to people who maybe are, you know, largely betting sports, largely betting 50, 50 events, you know, you're betting into, um, you know, an event that has way more outcomes because you, number one, you're not betting just simply who's going to win. You could bet, you know, order of finish. You can bet, uh, you know, order of finish across multiple races, uh, order of, uh, or, you know, or just you know, winning, winning, uh, horse across multiple races. There's, there's a numerous ways to attack it. And the evolution of odds is different than, you know, an NFL game because, getting a bet down early is not necessarily a plus EV strategy in a paramutual pool because you don't exactly know what the odds are going to be once it's all said and done. Is that fair to kind of characterize it that way? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And I, I've met people at the track who have, um, you know, maybe not made great money, but definitely make a decent money just kind of waiting for the last 30 seconds uh, to see where the sharp money is going to come on these horses. Cause like you said, you know, um, you know, I, I know a lot of your listeners are, listeners are, are primarily NFL betters or, or sports betters. So uh, there's a lot of CLV talk going on that just that doesn't exist uh, in horse racing. You know, if, if you bet on the morning line, a horse that's 20 to one and it closes two two to one, 
you get two to one despite wherever you put that bet in. Mm. So the money line, the morning line to the closing line, it has like an evolution. And how, how important is that in your handicapping process? Uh, absolutely crucial. Um, okay. I would rather not get a bet in because I've waited too long than put one in 10 minutes out. That, that's a bit, no, but that's a big difference between, you know, we're, we're making some you know, I, I've had moments yeah. where I've been like mad mashing buttons at the, at the track there on the, um, what I, what's the word I'm looking for on the, not the person. The yeah, exactly. Like just mashing buttons, hoping to get it in just in time. And, um, there's definitely been, you know, moments where I've left it too late. Uh, but I think in the long term, um, it's for sure saved me money waiting up until that point. Cause you know, you know, there's a lot of other things that go into it that aren't even the long, uh, line moves, but, you know, kind of seeing how a horse acts in the paddock and, and how it's coming out, I, th- I think can tell you a lot about what's going to happen. Mm. You, you know how we rail on, we rail on this in regular, we're going to do a lot of analogies and comparisons to like normal, let's just call them, you know, normal sports. Normie, normie sports. Normie shit, you know, <laughs> real, real basic BS, but <laughs> Well, there's a couple there's a couple things that ran through my head there with what you're describing. The morning line, which is, you know, the, the line that comes out in the morning and then the line that it closes at or whatever it is at at that exact moment, you get to see it. Like you always see those. You don't have to, you know, in, in our in our betting, a lot of what we have to do is we're taking screenshots of sports books or writing things down or remembering it to figure out what, what things opened at or we have to go mm-hmm. look it up. It's always displayed. So you you have that information right at your fingertips. And the same goes for the reasoning that these are moving. You know, we, we rail against people who are saying, oh, the public money came in on this and, you know, all the public money's in on Cincinnati right now. And, we you know, it moved to across three and that's why in reverse line movement, like literally all that shit is just terrible. It's terrible information. It's from a small sample. So you can't actually glean anything from that. You're not getting good information trying to figure out where the money came in on on you know on these sites that try to sell you that. Whereas in horse racing, I mean they just they're up front. They it's displayed. You go on TVG, you can look at exactly how much money was bet on every horse to win show and place. Yeah, down it's, to the it's, down to the cent. Yeah, yeah. To, to the penny. It's displayed exactly. So you can you can sit there and look at exactly who was bet and since the morning line and right up to the race starts, like uh, Mark says. Yes. So, okay. Okay. I will ask you more about your process, more about past performances, but just to kind of uh, put a pin in the landscape here. Um, They're running in Arkansas. Correct. The Oak, there's a meet going on that uh, uh, wraps up with the Arkansas Derby on May 2nd at Oaklawn park. That's uh, a lot of, so a lot of the best horses, a lot of the top trainers have, uh, or a lot of the top trainers have some of their best horses there. And in fact, the Oakland, um, you know, the, the meet that is setting up for not this weekend, but next weekend looks freaking awesome. Uh, just in terms of the horses that are going to be there. A lot of the ones that I got to see at the Breeders Cup last year, a lot of horses that I'm excited to see race again. Um, so Oakland looks like they have a six, six set of races coming up. Uh, similarly, they're running in Florida, Gulfstream Park, Tampa Downs. Yeah, I mean, there um, could be zombies running through the street and Gulfstream's going to run. It's not going to be on time, <laughs> but they're going to run. <laughs> it's Florida, people. Sorry for the listeners. <laughs> um, okay, so Oklahoma, so Arkansas, Florida, 
Um, they're running at Ac- at uh, Aqueduct. No, or, no, no, no. Low cell, low cell. They're running at low cell. Um, where else are they? Where else are they running? Uh, I, I I can pull up the list for you if you give me. Uh, Bonner Park, Remington Almost. Park, Will uh, Rogers. I think is still Will running. Rogers is still running. Yep. There's okay. like 200 tracks in Australia they're running at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All that's a lot going on internationally. Um, okay, so uh, just that's, but just in general, just Castle. in general, the the top tier ones. Would you say the best races? on any given day are at uh, Gulfstream and, uh, and uh, Arkansas. I would say Gulfstream more consistently. Absolutely. Okay, um, cool. Th- that's where you're going to find the best. Uh, uh, well, y- you know, the, the caveat with that goes, if Santa Anita is running, that's not always going to be the case. Um, but right now you're going to find the, the best horses, the best trainers, the best, uh, the best riders in Gulfstream. Is Got that it. to your advantage or not? Depends. Um, is it to my advantage or is it to the advantage of someone <laughs> just going there to bet on a Saturday? Answer, yeah. Yeah, answer both questions. Yeah. If you're going to interview yourself, I'd, I'd say you have to answer both now. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we'll get into this when we get to the past performances, but some of the, some of the easiest lines I think to take away are uh, jockey trainer combos, um, jockey numbers. And, and I think that kind of ties into the paramutual betting angle where, you know, the, the easiest information results in the horses that have that, that going for them getting the most money. And that's not always correct. Mm. Mm. That's interesting. Um, are there other nuances about given tracks that uh, fold into the handicap? Like, is sure, there? Sure. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And Anything so this interesting is one, about this is one, or Orchard Park? <laughs> yeah. And so, um, you know, I'd like to preamble this with, but saying I've been at it for, for eight months. I'm sure there's people out there who can talk oh, circles around parts. me. I'm just happy to share what, what I know and, and, and everything else. And this is one of the ones that's still kind of ongoing for me, but uh, golf stream, you asked about that one. It typically favors horses that are early speed. Um, Tampa Bay is a, it's a disaster. Uh, it kind of really depends on the day that track can run really, really weird. Mm. Mm. Ooh, this is good nuggets. I'm taking notes as we speak. Yeah, not um. <laughs> The track thing, like, I, I, I know you said at the outset of this, you know, you had, you thank some people you've, You've talked a lot with some people online and in real life about some of this, but I mean, is that how you're going to have to learn some of this or are there any resources online that you've had that you want to <sighs> put some shine to be like, you know, how, how do you learn about tracks like that? Yeah, I, I, I would say, um, and this kind of goes both ways here. So sorry if it's a bit confusing, but I would say um, maybe one of the bigger mistakes people make is not watching with the volume on. Um, so I would say 99%, like let's use Gulfstream for an example, not, not to kind of shit on anyone, but I would say 99% of the, the information they're giving you is complete garbage. However, one in a hundred things they say is a very interesting tidbit, something you can take away and actually learn from. Um, so I would encourage that with that all being said, uh, yeah, a lot of what I've learned is spe- specifically about how tracks is run came from, uh, Shelly, <laughs> uh, back at uh, century downs. They're kind of just running me through that and, and inviting me into this circle. And it, it's definitely information I'm willing to share with people. Um, so if anyone wants to reach out to me, uh, please feel free to do so. Hmm. I like it. Um, okay. So. Pivoting back a little bit, then uh, you, you don't have anything for Oakland, do you? I'm uh, sorry. You, you know, po- posts haven't. Uh, oh, for for how the track runs. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, no, not not something that I feel super confident in in, uh, in sharing, like the golf stream running favoring the early runners. 
Okay. All right. Cool. Because I, I only asked because I was doing a little ham- homework on the Bachelor Stakes, which is this weekend. Sure. Uh, and has a couple of has a couple of really nice horses in it. Eight Rings is running. Winner of the uh, American Pharaoh last year at Santa Anita. Um, there's some good. Uh, there's some good races this week. I'm excited about this. Um, okay. Um, so, uh, is there a more important piece of handicapping information to you than the daily racing form? A more important piece. Um, I would say I value information from the network that I've, that kind of got around me above all else, all else. Um, Um, but that past performance sheet is, uh, I would say is pretty critical. Okay. So, uh, and, 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 and I mean, well, to be honest, that just comes from, um, you know, I, like I said, I've only been doing this kind of eight, nine months. Um, so I'm still kind of building, building a lot of understanding, building a lot of faith in myself. And, and I do put a lot of trust in people I've built relationships with. And, you know, some of these people that uh, are, have been doing it 40, 50 years, like, yeah, I'm going to value what they're saying a little bit more than what I can read off a sheet. Got it. No, that makes total sense. Um, I'm guessing most of our listeners have at least seen a racing form, a racing sheet, a past performance sheet. There's got a bunch of names. Um, and at some point along the years, over the years, they usually give them out for free for the Derby every year and you can kind of see it. And, you know, if you're not familiar reading it, it kind of looks uh, like uh, the most like overwhelming a, thing in the world. Hieroglyph. <laughs> hieroglyph. Yeah, it's like Greek. <laughs> yeah. I can read most Greek letters. I can't read a lot of this <laughs> yeah, form. <laughs> a lot of Greek is using math. There's there's some math in there. So, and it it sucks. Like this is going to be kind of tricky as we go through this. If you're driving, gardening, working, whatever, working out, listening to this, but you know, at some point we are going to all be looking at a, a racing form. Mark sent us one that we can actually look at some examples on. So. Maybe we could, I don't know if you want to pick just one race or one horse or a couple races in the same horse and we, we can kind of describe it. So if people do want to go back and look at this, we can just share this because it's, it's a racing form from what last weekend at Gulfstream. Yeah. Yeah. Saturday, um, Saturday, the 18th, April 18th, 2020 Gulfstream racing form. And yeah, it's, we're going to start looking at some, uh, some of the parts of that maybe you can explain you know, I'm sure there's some stuff on here you can just ignore. But yeah, like hit that, especially hit that if you're for... just, especially if you're just starting to, um, you know, look at these or, or want to develop something kind of simpler or for yourself to use. I mean, there's stuff on this that, um, yeah, it, you know, you said it. It's throwaway information. It's too much. Yeah, there's a ton. Like, you know, I actually it simple, read a stupid. long. Yeah, I, I read a long article about this. I want to say it was like a wiki how article and they went through it one by one and I almost stopped reading it because one of the first things was like explaining um, some of the abbreviations for what color the horse is. Yeah. And you, you just don't need that, right? Like, it's, like, like I, I get unless you're looking for gray horses. Yeah. I, I guess it's, yeah, it's something that's in there and it's always going to be in there because it's just how the forms have always been made, I guess. But yeah, I don't need to know that it's a chestnut horse. <laughs> and and that's that's something that's in the form. Every horse it's gonna be described as you know what color it is. Is there anything useful at the top besides the race number? Length matter much? Uh yeah, I, I mean, do we have one up? Do we want to pick a race and kind of kind of yeah, go let's through? Let's look here? at uh Gulfstream uh, one. Gulfstream one. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, no, let's go down the list because there's the, those horses didn't run enough races. 
there's just not enough there. Let's go down to like uh, like race nine. Oh okay. yeah, I get there. Race nine from Saturday. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There's some there's some thick history in here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One mile turf race. Okay. So yeah. Um, it, yeah, I guess my question would be, how do you guys want me to explain this? Like, are, are, am I assuming people are, are looking at it with us or not? No, it's okay. No, no, no. I guess just I tell mean, us what, what, you, what matters. They can yeah. if they want to, but, you know, you kind of use your descriptive words. Paint us a picture. Sure. Okay. Um, so I think one of – so there, it's the ninth race, Gulfstream Park, like, you know, kind of very easy to take away information. This paragraph that's underneath it um, describes the conditions of the race. So it's one mile on the turf. Um, it's an allowance optional claiming. So, uh, there's different levels to horse racing. Um, maiden claiming is the worst pretty much is, is the assumption you can operate under, um, yeah. optional claiming. These are some higher end horses. They're not at the graded stakes level, obviously. Um, but the, you know, there, there is a hierarchy to how all this kind of works. Um, and if you want me to stop and kind of go through that, we can. Or no, no, it's just... okay. Keep, keep going. I, okay. I, that, that was You're on a roll. To get across. Yeah, that was good to get across though. Okay. And then next to that, you'll see a little picture of what the track looks like. So um, one mile on the turf, we've covered that. The important part here that I, I think gets ignored a little bit too much is where the start and finish line is. Mm. Um, so this race is a, is a two-turn mile. Um that is important, um, especially when you're talking about some of these lower lower levels. So optional claimer, I, I wouldn't consider it as much. Um, but post position starts to become a little bit more important, especially where you like if you're looking at this start line, it's very close to the first turn. Yeah. So horses that are running on the outside obviously at a disadvantage. I know there's people that like to say um, post position doesn't matter. It's the horse that matters, but the lower you get down on the hierarchy, the more important that kind of minutia is because all the horses are shit, right? Like this isn't a great, they need, every, was, they need all the help they can get. Yeah. Like if it was a grade one stakes, I would absolutely agree. Post position doesn't necessarily matter unless it's Kentucky Derby and they're out in the 20th post. Yep. Right. Um, you know, a good example of that would be Ete Indian uh, a couple weeks back. Uh, I think it was Fountain of Youth. He was running from the 11th pole. Um, Safi Joseph scratched his uh, horse who was running in the 12th because he said there's no way he could win from the 12th. And then Ete Indian won from the 11th. Um, and it, it, you know, it just kind of proves that good horses can win from anywhere. But keep in mind, if you're not seeing like a graded level next to these horses, they're not good horses. Um, I love it. I love it. Okay, so so that's kind of the key takeaways I would take from that um, post time. Yeah, I, I didn't know anything about the hierarchy. Like that's my favorite nugget so far. Like it'll probably get replaced, but you know, it, 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 it's the same as just you know, like tennis. You know, there's a whole different type of handicapping when you're looking at challenger events compared to Wimbledon. I mean, that things right. change, you know things change completely. It's still the same sport, but you got to look at things quite differently. So that's something that that's the only thing I've written down so far. Right, and typically, typically, what happens as the race card goes on, it's kind of like a fight card. Like the the races will get better. Um, usually, the very last race is an absolute piece of shit, and it's the second last one that's that's uh, probably the best they have to offer. Uh-huh. Uh, but typically as, as the card goes on, the horses are going to get uh, better. So like the first one at Gulfstream this day, I believe it was a maiden claiming race. So kind of the lowest of the low. Um, yep. Okay. So that, that covers that off uh, post time. It's Gulfstream. It never matters because there's always 15 to 20 minutes late. Um, 
along okay. that line, you'll see the wagers and it, it essentially just tells you what you'll be able to wager on. What's important for this is um, the big ones. It'll tell you where you can start your pick five, pick six, uh, pick three wagers, uh, pick six being the big one. So this one, you can do the pick four. Um, essentially all that means a, a pick six is you're picking, um, you know, the last six races, who's going to win the pools at Gulfstream can be huge, like 13, $15 million. Um, but since there's not six races left, the only one you can bet here is a, is a pick four. If you wanted to do that next to that is buyer par. So what that means is, um, the average that this race is run at Gulfstream, the speed figure would be 86. Okay. So that's just something to keep in mind moving forward as we go through this. Yeah. Full Easy record track. scratch. Are you going to describe buyer now or are you going to get into that yeah. down? What's better? The higher, the better, the higher, the well, buyer yeah. figure, the better. Um, typically grade one stays kind of Kentucky Derby. You'll see triple figure, if not up around kind of 110, 120. Um, and then, I mean, you'll have horses who are absolute just glue factory things that'll run uh, <laughs> negative or, or 12s or sixes. So higher the number, the better the horse ran. Well, that's, that's fair. The buyer number on the first race is 63. And this ninth race, this ninth race that we picked, it's 86. So yeah. you're, you aren't full of, you're filling us full of shit yet. So I <laughs> we'll get said. there. So, okay. So now moving down, we've covered kind of the top and we've taken the most important information for kind of basic startings out. Um, obviously this horse is running from the one post. Its name is high road. Uh, you, you, you don't really need to know that below that it says 12 to one. So th that's the morning line set by the, you know, the, the bookmaker essentially at Gulfstream, what they think the line should be. He has no stake in this though. He has no to stake one in doesn't, this. this, doesn't this he's going much. through the races and he's saying, Hey, this is what I think. And what's interesting about that is different tracks will have different biases. Sure. Um, so, I, I mean, you can kind of figure out how to game that for, for yourselves, essentially. But you'll, you know, if you, the more you do this, the more you learn what certain tracks, like what their morning line favors versus what other tracks morning line favors. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So basically what you're saying is because it's the same guy, because he systematically sets the morning line and because he has real, he has no skin in the game other than his own reputation. Right. Yeah. Like you're basically getting an inside look at what one guy's fair value is on all of these horses. And, the, you know, you can, you can, obviously you can back calculate anyone's projections to the tune of, okay, he, he likes these jockeys. He likes these trainers. He likes horses from this part of the country. He likes, oh my God, I want to he, he scrape horse results now. <laughs> he, likes, he likes chestnut only horses. Yeah. I know. Like, like if, if, if you find that from your morning line guy, he probably is full of shit, I guess. But, um, but yeah, no, there's, <laughs> the, you're, you're telling me there's specific, um, uh, a formula that these guys crank through based on the key factors for the race. And you can kind of back calculate it a little bit. Yeah. And there's a, there's specific uh, biases and flaws involved in that. Absolutely. Um, it, it, and you know what, when you, when you're just kind of starting out, you don't need to more, know more than that. You need to know that this is the morning line that it's set at 12 to one. Um, next to that is the colors. You don't need to know that that's it, it's garbage throwaway information. Um, you know, the more you watch racing, the more you'll realize that one is always red. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's essentially all you need to know because that's all you care about is if the horse wearing the red bib is going to cross first or, or wherever <laughs> you bet him. Okay. Um, next is right below that is the jockey's name. Okay. And you'll essentially see two lines next to that. So uh, the first one we're reading, he's ran 43 races. Uh, he's won two of them 
placed in six and shown in two. Ooh, um, that's not very good. No, he's not. He's not a good rider. Um, <laughs> you want to see something like a good rider would be twenty five percent and up, twenty percent and up, and kind of trainer a good trainer would be thirty percent and up. But we'll get there. Um, What's the uh, what about the point five there? So that's essentially his average. So if you Oof. divide four, so he wins five percent of his races. That's low. Oof. Lifetime, and- the lifetime next line is next to it 144, 12. So he's won eight percent of his races. He's okay. having a down year, a little, a little bit of a down year. Yeah. And I mean, I know there's people that um, kind of account for that, especially with riders with a lot of history. You and it. I think, I think um, you'll see that same kind of methodology as far as how they display wins, not only with jockeys, but you'll see that in other parts of the form with the horses. <laughs> where you list four straight numbers and it's total win place show yep. in that order. And that, that confused me at the first part too, but it makes a lot yeah. of sense. Once you get, once you get that in your head, they're going to list four numbers in a row. It's always how many races and then how many wins places and shows. Yep. Total, Absolutely. totally random question. Sure. Uh, is there regression to the mean for Jackie's? Uh, like I'm looking at this guy in you know, on the six horse Olson. He hasn't won anything this year. He's over. Um, but lifetime, he wins four percent of his races. Like, is he due? I actually like Olson as a writer. I think he's undervalued <laughs> a lot of the time. Okay, cool. Um, okay, especially at Gulfstream. Oh, okay, okay. So I, I, I think it, it it really depends on the rider. Okay, got it. Also, another random question. Yep. I know they're giving you this information. Is this enough information about a jockey, or is there a website? where you can find more information on jockeys or is, is this plenty for you? Yeah. Uh, bit of a loaded question. I would say when you're starting out, just read up as much as you can about um, it, how jockeys function, how they do against each other. I, I mean, there's a lot of information you can take away, um, you know, but, but I would like to say that the jockeys are human and I've seen the best of them choke away races. Um, the seven horse here, uh, Gaffleone, um, a couple of weeks ago, he choked an absolute brutal ride away on Zulu Alpha, who was like a one to five favorite. I watched that. Uh, and he, he, he's, he screwed up how to ride the horse. So they're, they're not perfect, right? They're, they're human beings. They, they'll make mistakes. Um, so for, for my process and how I do it, this information on this line, it's enough information for me. All right. And I mean, I think the same can be said of as you move down, like, and maybe that's my question. Like, how much do these jockeys move around? Is this guy, like, is he Gulfstream all the time? And then what about some of the northern tracks? What do those guys do? You know, let's say my home track, Canterbury Downs, in a normal year, races from, like, you know, Labor Day to Memorial Day or vice versa, since that's what I meant. And like, what do those guys go just start traveling south and start riding in other, other tracks that go further year-round? Yeah. So, um, a good question. So there's a Gulfstream has a lot of really good riders. So, uh, Saez, Gaffleon, um, Jarmelo, um, but Santa Anita has some really good riders too. And what you'll see is like for Arkansas, I don't have it in front of me. Who's going to go up there and ride. And I think COVID kind of throws that for a little bit of a loop, honestly, but you know, for the Derby, um, all the best jockeys, like it's 20 horses, you'll have the 20 best jockeys in the world and they'll come from all over the place. Um, a lot of them are, are at Santa Anita. It's where, where Dyke rides, um, where Mike Smith, before he kind of had his downturn, that's where he rides. So um, 
you know, there's not one track that has kind of monopoly on all the best riders. Um, I'm not sure if that necessarily answers your question, but these, these riders will travel. This is just their typical track usually. Mm. So you have a home track. Yeah. And I, I mean, a good indicator of that is if you're riding a horse on a Wednesday or a Thursday. Got it. Yeah. That's a good call. <laughs> I, get, I get what you're saying there. Back okay. in the day, uh, back in the day on the Saturday, uh, when the, uh, Del Mar meet was going on, uh, it was literally just bet every Victor Espinosa horse and, yeah. uh, you'd win four out of four, four out of eight races and <laughs> make your money back at the minimum. Um, so yeah, no, I, I totally buy into specific jockeys knowing how to ride specific horses at specific tracks. That's, there is definitely synergy, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, between some jockeys at some tracks. So, and you know, not to, not to jump too much ahead, but one of the things I do like to look at is if a jockey has been on a horse before, um, that it countless times, it's been a differentiating factor for me. If I'm going to make a better nod or, or who I'm going to mm. bet on, um, just because I, I, I do believe in, um, you know, there's a lot of randomness and unknown in horse racing, but I, I know if a rider has been on a horse before, or he's been on a horse multiple times, he knows how that horse likes to run because, you know, every horse likes to run a little bit differently. And I, I do think there's some value in that. Ah, uh, that's cool. Okay, cool. Okay. So, that? so we covered the, the jockey. Line oh, there. I, I see it below. Never mind. I'm yeah, you, we'll, we'll get there. I know. This yeah, is wait, yep, I'm, I'm two steps. All right. Scoot over to the right a little then. Okay. The so, um, up top, we're looking at that second kind of column now, right up at the top, it says BF for January. Um, so color, uh, the horse de- designation. So it's a Philly, how old it is. And then the month it was born and kind of the interesting thing that should be said about horses is, um, they all have the same birthday. They, they, <laughs> they, they don't, but like, so you wouldn't count if a horse is born in May, you wouldn't count its birthday as next May. It's how many new year's days it's seen. So if a horse is born December 31st on January 1st, it is one year old. Oh, that, um, seems nuts. that seems like a disadvantage. Yeah, they all have the same <laughs> right. So that's why you typically see horses bred in a certain part of the year. Uh, it, makes, yeah, it makes me think of Gladwell's thing with the hockey players and whatever book that was. The as only as thing I like, the, the only thing I like to take out of this line is like, I don't care about the color. Uh, how old a horse is sometimes would matter to me. Um, and then if it's a geldling or not, and essentially that means if it's been neutered. Got it. Um, cool. Cool. Okay. Cool, cool. So, so moving down the sire, I mean, depending how into it you want to get, that'll start meaning more and more to you. Damn. Same kind of thing. Um, I, won't, I won't get too into it. All, all I'll say is certain sires produce different types of horses um, so for example, coming up, uh, in the Kentucky Derby, I think pushing it back gives a, a, a very interesting angle to independence hall whose sire is known for producing horses that need a little bit longer to mature. Um, but, but that's really getting into some weeds here. That's some basics. I don't, I don't necessarily think you'll need moving down the barn. Don't need that. Uh, and then the trainer. So trainer reads the same way as the jockey did. So Arnold George R the third. Or the second story, um, ten races, yeah, one win, kid. no seconds, one third. He's a ten percent. Um, look at what he's done in twenty twenty. Fifty one races, five wins. So he's about ten percent. Does that all make sense? Is yes. that good or and then is that good or bad? It's not good. Uh, it's not good. It's not the worst that you'll see. Um, I'm sure you'll see some below ten percent, but you know, like a Bob Baff or Safi Joseph, you're up around twenty six to like thirty some percent. Ooh. 
I found a hot trainer a little lower. He's having a hot year. (laughs) Right. And and I mean, the other thing that goes along with that is there's other tools other than the PP that you can use. So there's a a two minute to post that's Mm -hmm. free. Um, and it'll essentially break this down. Like, uh, it'll tell you if the jockey or the trainer is hot. Um, mm. you don't need Pleasure. it if you know how to read this, but yeah. Dude, Todd Pleasure not having a great year. My goodness. He's yeah. off. Oh, interesting. Um, oof. Brendan Walsh. What the hell? <laughs> Dude. Uh, oh, this is fascinating. Okay. I never, just, I, uh, never looked at this before. So you got, uh, birthday, all the same parents, barn trainer and then it only leaves one chunk at the top there and that is what lifetime horse stats sure. so so right next to that is the drugs a horse is on and then the weight it's carrying um, okay so the typical and, and i've heard people tell me a bunch of different things i mean i, I would equate it to calculating kind of yards per play and what it means to a point spread like everyone's going to have a, a different answer if it's 0.2 or 0.3 but um that number beside it is how much weight it's going to carry and so the typical assumption is that one pound equals it'll run one length slower. So an additional pound, one length slower. Um, L stands for LASIKs. The, the interesting part, and I know I'm getting into the weeds, so if I get too into the weeds, just tell me to shut up. Um, no, no, I just... I like spoke. the weeds. Okay, so LASIKs, what's interesting, Well, you asked me at the start what's kind of new in horse racing. For 2021, they're talking about running the derby without LASIKs. Lasix, um, depending who you talk to, they'll tell you it's a performance enhancing drug or not a performance enhancing drug. Um, it essentially stops bleeding more or less. And and, and there's different, uh, different medications they can be on. Um, L means Lasix. If you see L and it has like a circle around it and then it's white, that means it's the first time a horse is on Lasix. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that's the only real time that I would take that into consideration. Got it. Because typically you'll see all horses on Lasix. Yep. Yep. Okay. Now we get over. I figured over. it meant they were left-handed, but yeah, that makes much more sense. <laughs> left Yeah. Okay. All right. I get it now. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm roll. I'm scrolling through this. I'm not seeing anything but L's. I did see yeah. a couple of them circled. Like, are there any? I do. Here's one that's not. Grace Fable. Are there any other letters? I'm. I'm not seeing anything but an L. Yeah. L, um. Yeah. That. That's getting. Oh, I found a G. That's getting real, real into the weeds. L is typically the one that you'll see the most. And the only thing that'll interest me is if it's the first time a horse is running with Lasix or the first time a horse is running without Lasix. Got it. That, that's I've always heard the same with blinkers. Is there, yep, where are yep. the blinkers on here? So I'm not sure if a horse in this race has blinkers, but it, blinkers on or blinkers off would essentially be above that. And again, it. it's the okay. same thing. If it's going to be the first time or the not the first time. Um, yeah, I don't want to jump same, around same. Yeah. too okay. much, but if you jump to the bottom line, the very, very mm-hmm. bottom line, it says trainer. Yep. And then it'll give you a bunch of stats. So if it's the first time with Lasix, it'll give you the trainer stats the first time with a horse on Lasix. It'll give you the trainer stats the first time a horse has blinkers on or off. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, cool. I know. Okay, so we'll, we'll get there. But um, okay, next to the Lasix and the poundage uh, is how a horse is done. So lifetime, this horse has run 10 races. Two first places, one second, two thirds. That's the dollar figure that he's won lifetime. And that 72 is his fastest buyer, buyer speed figure. Make sense? Yes. Yes. Okay. Below that, 2020, same thing, 2019. And then below that is Gulfstream Park. The T next to it means on the turf. So he's never run at Gulfstream Park on the turf. Or sorry, she's Philly. Yeah. Got it. Okay. okay. Let's, yeah, let's use the right pronouns. 
<laughs> my mistake 2020 been uh, over here drinking on the podcast so <laughs> next to that next to that we're moving over okay so that's dirt fast so it's around four races uh never won one second no thirds one thirteen thousand. it posted its fastest buyer in that condition does that make sense yes yeah Okay, on the wet track, this is a phenomenal wet track horse. Um, that number beside it, 422, anything above 390, you're talking about a really significant advantage that you should maybe be looking at. Um, and then the data kind of supports it. So it's run five races, one, two, no seconds, and two thirds. So it's won 64,000 of its $80,000 in that condition. Got it. So it's mutter was a mutter. <laughs> yeah the the sign fall you were just there. waiting like I can, <laughs> I can hear you getting excited to say that <laughs> no it's all good okay all right all right all right that was okay. totally organic yeah okay below that synthetic that. um it, depending on the track that you or sorry the the park you're looking at that will matter more or not um golf what is synthetic not, uh yeah, it's just so the yeah, it, it's the type of ground that they're running on. It's not AstroTurf. Um, Chewed up rubber? No? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to find an example of it. Um, typically, tracks, I'm betting, don't run synthetic, so I don't have a ton of experience with it. Um, but but it'll give you the same information there. Below that, Turf, 343. Again, Turf, um, you know, I, I've heard people say anything about 280 is a pretty good Turf horse. I would say anything about 350 is what you want to be looking at. 280 is not going to cut it. Like, you're going to see a lot of horses kind of in that field. Cool. Um, but yeah, he's run one race, never won anything. Twenty five hundred bucks. Uh, posted a seventy buyer speed figure. Just okay. getting entry fee back. The I'm, very. I'm ready to. I'm ready to throw this one out of my my uh, my exotics. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm out on high road. She's yeah, not, yeah. she's not doing it for me. Yeah, we're taking the low <laughs> road it for me. Yeah, we, we can jump to another horse here too to kind of go through some other stuff to make it a bit more interesting. But the last <laughs> line I want to talk about for this horse is. Um, the last line you'll see kind of below the turf is the conditions most reflected for this race. So okay. it's this distance at turf, he's never run it. Got it. Okay. Make sense. Then, but yes. how, then how would they come up with that 395 number? And what is yeah. that number exactly? So uh, essentially Andy, the higher that number is uh, like the wet number, um, the better you can expect the horse to run in this condition. Does that number have a name at all? Or is it just... Tom, uh, the, was it the Tomlinson figure Tomlinson? Uh, stat. I can't remember what the last word is, but sure. it's Tomlinson something. Okay, cool. Cool. Okay. I had, that's one I had no idea what that was. So um, I like learned a little. Let's jump down to let's jump down to the fifth horse here. Okay. Cool. Okay, switching up. Always women be shopping. Always <laughs> shopping. Okay. This so is, is this the favorite for the race? Four to four one. To one. one? I, I actually haven't looked at this full run. It looks yeah. like uh, no, the number nine, nine horse is seven to two, but so this is the co favorite effectively. Yeah. Um, okay. How much so, money did you lose on this race Saturday? <laughs> I, <laughs> I actually didn't uh, didn't bet any ponies this week and was dealing with some uh, some family things there. But uh, so yeah, first time first time I'm looking at this with you guys actually. So do you I'll, know what the re- outcome of this race was? I don't. Oh, this is exciting. Okay, I know what the outcome of the race was. Oh, Go you ahead. already okay. looked it up. Nice. I know what it is. Yeah. Um, okay. So anyways, we, we, covered the top. That's going to remain consistent. Pretty much everything that you look at, um, below that, not all past performances are going to have this line, the time form us pace, um, no free ads, but the biggest, uh, the biggest producer of these past performances has this line. Um, Got it. so essentially okay. it's a better late runner than it is an early runner. 
So the higher the number, the better it is early or late. Does that make sense? Yes. And what, why this matters is, I mean, you can take this information out of some of the lower lines, but it's, you know, it makes it easier to read. You can kind of determine how a horse likes to run, where you'd like to see him positioned if he's going to have a chance at this. All right. Okay. Okay. Now below that, this is, um, probably the most intimidating stuff to read, but I promise you it's, it's, it's very, very easy. So, uh, last time this horse ran 17th of May. So it's had a bit of a layoff. Well, that's Uh, a big layoff. I feel like big layoff. So typically like you'll see a line above it. Typically the lines indicate the layoff. Got it. Okay. 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 Next to that is the track it's run at. So, um, that's a brief, you don't necessarily need to know that. And then next to that is the condition of the track. Okay, this so last time a, this this horse last ran on the uh, what do you call it the uh, the um, second of the triple crown. It's escaping me. I've been there five. Emily calls. No, that's the that's the horse. That's the that's the uh, racetrack. But May middle of May at Pimlico is the, the uh, Preakness. Preakness. The Preakness. Jesus Christ! This is the Preakness. <laughs> this that that day was the last horse this race. This uh, uh, that was the last day this horse ran. It looks like. So yeah, had a bit of layoff. We can get into something interesting with this horse that I'm looking at in in, in just a second, but we'll go through this line. So next to that is the the black eyed Susan. God damn it. (laughs) All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Carry on, please. Sorry. So so next to that is track condition. So it was fast. Um, uh, Length of the race. um, Next to that, you'll see. um, So these, these are all dirt runs because you don't see anything next to it. So if you saw like a T next to it, like you would on say the six horse, that means it's run on turf. Got it. Nothing typically means dirt. Um, times next to this is where it gets, people can kind of get a little mixed up. So these aren't what this horse ran. That's what the horse ran at those post positions that was first in the race. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Does that so this make sense? Is, this, so, that, so that stretch of numbers is really just communicating to you how fast of a race it was, more or less. Yeah, and how it was run. So you take the the 47, you can line it up with he was, what does that number say? Five and a half lengths behind, three and a half lengths behind, but but we'll, we'll get there. But that's essentially what that means. Okay. Um, next to that, you know, that it's kind of what the race is called, but the takeaway is always going to be kind of the last part. So it was a it was a graded stakes. It was a grade two. So kind of the second a, highest level. Big deal. Oh, this the this black eyed Susan is effectively the Kentucky Oaks for the uh for yeah. the preakness. Yeah, it, it was an absolute, it was a big race to run in. Um, so, so that's kind of the takeaway and you can kind of see the progression here. So if you go to the bottom, it was running a maiden special weight, 85 K maiden special weight, 75 K maiden special weight, 68 K. So it was dropping in competition. Mm. D- does that make sense? So it was 75 K. And then if you look at the, re- well, I'm kind of jumping ahead, we'll get there. So let's just look at that for now. Then it ran a 101 K race. Then it ran a grade two race. Then it ran another grade two race. So there was a progression to this horse. Got it. Okay. Number next to that, the one in bold, that is the buyer speed figure that it's run. Mm. So the last mm-hmm. time it ran, it was a 76. Got it. I, one caveat Damn is I, year think, ago. I think buyer can be kind of um, used as a crutch and it can be overrated. Oh, that's um, good to know. I think you need to look more at how the race was run to produce that number and not just look at the number and go, okay, this horse ran a 76. The nine ran a 68 last time. I like the horse that ran a 76, but oh wait, the 10 ran a 79. So maybe I like him more. Like I, mm. I think you have to look at a little bit more than that. 
this looks like a horse I would have bet on in the black eyes season, just looking at his <laughs> run up to that race. Like I would. Yeah, have absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't do so hot though. Fifth damn place. No. And we'll, we'll find out why as we kind of go through here. So he was running out of the fifth spot in an eight horse field. Um, okay. Does that make sense? So the, yes. Okay. And then he was fifth at the first poll. He was five it's and a, a half. Sh- it's a she. Sorry. Sorry. She, I keep saying he. My, my <laughs> so she had a poor start. Uh, so yeah, she was fifth, five and a half lengths behind. Fifth, three and a half lengths behind. Fifth, four and a half lengths behind. That's, five, that's behind the leader. Yes, that's behind the leader. So it's six lengths behind. And then it, she finished uh, almost 10 lengths back. So it died. Um, yep. And I'm assuming... As we go over, it'll tell us that. So next line, it was on Lasix. That was how many pounds it was carrying. Ooh, it was heavy that day. Yeah, so there was probably a reason for that, um, given the stipulations. And you would read those stipulations at the very, very start, um, kind of in that first paragraph that we originally talked about. Okay, got it. Um, its odds that day were 2.8. Okay, so this line next to the, the L124 <sighs> is the odds of the horse. So it was bet on. <laughs> it it was one of the favorites. It, I like I don't know if it was the favorite, but I'm assuming probably it had to be close. Yeah, I mean, it was coming off of two two wins. The sec the we won the gazelle, uh, not the, you know like a good spacing. Yeah, no this this is this would have been the expected winner at the. Uh, well, not not uh, only that, but it was coming off two wins. Black Eyed Susan. Two wins, and you were looking at the same uh, the same jockey again. Same jockey again, speed figure getting better and better and better. This was a horse that was peaking. Yeah. Turned out uh, it actually, it peaked in April. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, it left, it left Aqueduct, went to Pimlico. And so, so reading here. this, I would almost read it as it got injured in that race. Like something went wrong and that's why it needed to lay off here. That's how I would read this. Ah, uh, okay. That's a great point. Right. Like you look at the progression, it's getting so much better. What the hell happens? Okay. We're going to get into that. So, um, these numbers here, I would say for beginners, just ignore that. Let's move on. Um, okay. points of honor was first, uh, Leo or whatever that was, was second cookie dough third. Okay. Mm-hmm. It tells you the weight, uh, how far back it was, how far back it was. And then it'll give you that last line. I love this. Um, and I think it's really, really useful if you haven't watched a lot of horse racing, they'll tell you how the horse ran. So it says no rally. So if I'm looking at this and I'm looking at a horse that's run no rally, and then I look down below uh, mild kick inch clear, um, I would take this as something went wrong for this horse in this race. It was hurt. You couple that with the layoff. It needed some time to recover. Okay. I love it. So now let's talk about whether or not we should bet this horse in this race. It. It, all of these races, I'm looking at them, they're all dirt. All of these races, I'm looking at them, they're all a mile and an eighth. All of these races that sh- that she ran well, Franco was the jockey. Why why change? Why why lay off uh, almost a year? Bring and then bring it on a mile on turf. Is that an easier race for a horse to ease back into? Not necessarily. Uh, trainer, like you, you kind of get into the weeds here. So it, it, Pletcher Todd's the trainer. He's tra- obviously trying to train something up. If we jump down to the last line. Uh, mm-hmm. horses so trainer so todd pletcher horses off 180 days rest he's had it 91 times and he's a 30 percent winner got it okay you, you know what i mean you kind of have to put a little bit of faith into into if you want to bet this yeah, horse you put trainer. a little bit into faith it's it's a good horse he's really good off a long layoff a lot of trainers aren't something to consider 
Got it. Okay. Well, I mean, Would we'll, I bet this we'll horse in this later. race, not knowing the results? Like, I, I don't know the results. I The first time I'm looking at this, I wouldn't bet this horse um, for, for a multitude of reasons. Never being on the turf, I don't love. I don't love the fact that something probably went wrong and then it had a layoff. I mean, if yeah. you look at it ran February 3rd and it got first and then it had a long layoff and it came back and it ran first again with a different jockey, um, something tells me something's different about this layoff, or at least that's how I would read it. Okay. How about if the, how about if the morning line was four to one on this horse and you see it now you look up, it's about race time. You're ready to get down and the it's drifted or if it's been dead on, like, it's like now, now, now instead of four to one, you're getting six to one or other, or the other way around, but now it's three to one. Does it, is that cluing you in on how people feel about this? Yeah. And so like, let's jump to another line here. So in the very bottom, did you you see the closing lines through? I can't find them. Do you know where they so are? So I am. I'm on TVG. First off, I won't. I'm not going to reveal any answers, but I'm going to quiz, quiz Mark. Did this horse hit the board? And did this horse yeah, yeah. close? Did <laughs> it's this a tough horse, question because yeah, I, I well, no tell no tell. I haven't looked at all the horses the odds, in this race. T- yeah, what were the well, closing that, odds first? The, so well, I want to. I want to. I was going to quiz him on that. Do you think? Do you think it closed higher or lower than four? I'm trying to quickly look at all the other horses here to kind of. No, oh, he's breaking down the whole rate. We should, we should almost pause this and give him like ten minutes with this card. He'd probably just Google it. He's a real the two, four, seven, ten, and then twelve through fourteen all scratched. Ooh, two, four, seven, ten, and then twelve through fourteen they're all scratched. So we okay. only we only had seven horses in this race, and we'll we're going to talk about a horny Turkish girl while you're breaking it down. But so I, I replied to her. I said, "This will decide a lot about where this goes." <laughs> the last okay, so, or Trabzonospor. I mean, do yeah. you want do you want me to walk you through how I would break it this down, or what? Like just do it silently. Does my head? nose look like a dress? On <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I know it's not super tiny, but it's an okay nose. It's a big That's country, good. I guess. I'm, I'm sure there's yeah. different cultures. It's the fucking breadbasket of the world. Like, oh, yeah, did we, somebody we, talk we, some shit to her? That's, oh, yeah, in Turkish. Good. I'm, I'm Translate, it says your nose is short. Your mind is even shorter. It's <laughs> 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 <was> like, of course. <laughs> I'm going to have to flirt with her a little. Did the three oh, run? This is great. Did uh, the three, yes, the three run. Yes. One ran, three ran, five, six, eight, nine, and eleven. One, three, five, six, eight, nine. Well, 11. five must have went off as the favorite. Like I'm guessing, like, <sighs> like seven to five. Oh God, good call. One to one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, that's pretty easy, right? Because you're talking about the seven being scratched. Um, well, not only that, but l- let's say the you nine know was scratched too. Yep. Yeah. So no, like, no, no, no. Nine ran. Oh, nine, nine ran. ran. Okay. So and not only that, but if you're looking down this nine off a layoff, looking at yellow trainers, first on them, how many other trainers trainer. have you honestly heard of besides Paul? none? Yep, like Sibeli <laughs> Jane, I've heard of. Uh, I wouldn't bet five. Like it, even Sibeli with him Jane's because, horse got scratched. Anyway, sorry, good. I, I wouldn't bet. Uh, Jane Sibeli, sorry, good. There's no way I'd bet always shopping. Um, too, too many unknowns and like what did you say you went off at like one to one 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 yeah no way no way um nine had a really shitty race out last time took a long layoff nine did not take money by the way not nine i, went I, from I couldn't see him taking money. nine to two yeah yeah i was just gonna say he must have went out um especially because he's he a late runner precipitously but went down the 10 run 
10 scratch. 10 did not run. Yeah, I would like 10 if you ran. Uh... <sighs> yeah, like... What do, you, what do you think about... The, I mean, just, just out of curiosity. So I'm looking at the six, and... This is like I like Fanny. Like usually, I bet on Olsen horses. To be honest, because I think they're super undervalued. I imagine he drifted to what 50, 50 to one, forty to one, forty, forty to one. Yeah, this yeah. He's really good at the distance. I mean, fuck. He, yeah. I mean, I like. Uh, I would have liked the three. I would have liked the six as like a show bet at, at 40 to one. If he got up to 50 to one, I would have been looking kind of so at like a make, small win bet make, on him. Make three small bets on this race real quick then. Uh, okay. Three small bets. Uh, I'd probably go. Yeah. Fuck. I probably would have went with three, three to oh, fuck. He did really bad his last race. So I would probably would have been three to what did three close? Like if it was 12 to 15 to one, six to one, six to one took some money. Okay, I'm out on the three. Uh, not worth that. I probably would have taken a show bet on the six. And I would have taken... I might have put an exact in of like six, nine. nine or nine, six. Nine on top, mm. six on bottom. Mm. And then, were, and then doing, maybe three. I would have went nine, six, three. I would have went nine, six, three. Okay. It, uh, should we tell them? Yeah, go for it. it uh, the board was six, three, five. Okay. The oh, long fuck, Fanny shot. won that one. Hey, 40 to long one. Shot yeah, 40 to one came in. Your nine so what horse? was it, like an $88 horse? Yes. 82. Uh, 82, yeah. yeah. Your, uh, your nine was dead fucking last, which is... <laughs> was he? <laughs> yeah, that's a Mark special. <laughs> <laughs> so did you you didn't exact the box? Yeah, so I would have, so I would have lost that. I, the only no. one I would have won then is the show on the six. Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to... I thought you were gonna do a six three nine. No, I would have done. I I said nine six three, like just like straight up. I would oh, have with a, nine I on push. top. Yeah, oh, I would have played a show. You should have just played played the whole kitten caboodle. The mm. uh, six three exacta paid five twenty seven on two bucks. If we gave you more time, I bet you would have played a six six into win. Because I gotta tell you, man, I, looking in 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 pure hindsight, like the fact that this horse ran his ran his his last race at Gulfstream Park in March with this jockey on all of these races that, you know, in his history are turf races, uh, you know, consistency across the board, not hasn't run fast in a long time. Um, but just in just setting seemed like the right place, right time for this guy. None of these other horses really. Um, no, I, I kind of liked the setup here. So why I liked this horse was, um, just like really quickly looking at it. I thought he was going to be in a pretty decent spot, uh, to set the pace that he, not set the pace, but, be, but have a pretty decent trip. Um, and I like that off the layoff, they ran him short on the five furlongs and now they're stretching him out to something that he's used to. Um, and Olson had been on him before. And I, I think Olson's is usually a pretty undervalued rider. Um, that okay, being cool. said, I, anything less than 50 to one, I probably wouldn't have been looking for a win bet. So yeah, I, I would have felt good about a show bet on him. Hmm. I like it. Um, okay. Well, that was actually, that was super fun. Uh, any other tips that are not related to what we talked about so far, breaking down form. Yeah. yeah I, I, I would say, what the, you know, you, you kind of skipped around and hit that eventually the, you know, the trainer stuff. What is that right above it? The works. Yeah. Okay. So you're, <laughs> that looks confusing. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Should it we is, not do it? it 
<laughs> no, no, we, we can. And I, I think workouts matter not so much for this race. Um, but let's say we were talking about like a maiden claiming or like a maiden race. I think that workout line becomes much more important. Ah. Um, so yeah, he ran a workout on April 11th at Gulfstream Park. He did it at four furlongs. Uh, the track was fast. He ran it in 51.1. Uh, and so the B next to it means it was a breezy run. So the, the jockey wasn't giving it to him, trying to get him to go for more. Um, Easy breezy, beautiful. Goodbye, broccoli. I feel okay. like we need some sort of key for this. This there's a yeah, lot of, and, uh, and you can find them. They're they're littered online. Um, just just to make it your life simpler. And he was the out of 109 horses that worked out that day. He posted the 97th uh, fastest mm-hmm. time. So, Oof. but because but, I mean, it's it was not a amazing claiming, I usually run. don't look at that. Yeah, like I I, I really don't care. Like. I, I think the lines uh, and, and you know what, there's going to be people out there that tell me I'm an asshole and uh, that they love that line. And I think for some races, it matters for this one. It, it's not something I would have considered. Mm, I like it. Well, there's enough in the upper right for goodbye broccoli that I would have been intrigued for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact that 13 of his races were on turf. He's all of his winnings effectively in yeah, life have been on honestly, turf. Like a there's a lot, lot of, of the money. What, yeah. what, what does that equate to almost 90% of his money on, yeah, on, yeah. On, on turf and then you, you factor price. that in with with all the scratches and and long shots typically have a better look in races like that mm, that's good not good nugget you as hit well. your show back yeah good stuff man um that's it that was almost a nine dollar show price yeah that's very nice actually um okay so this this was very very instructive i feel like i'm ready to attack the board this weekend i'm ready to attack the uh What's the the uh, Oakland? I think Oakland this weekend, next weekend are going to be the big the big uh, races that I zero in on, focus on. I think Paul's um, running some graded stakes too. It could be mistaken though. Ooh, okay, cool. Um, how about uh, just a general? Any general thoughts on uh, who's having good meets? Who's having good springs? Any any horses that have really caught your eye that we should keep an eye out for in the bigger graded stakes? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, maybe it's never, maybe it's a bit early to talk, touch on the Derby, but, uh, um, tis the law, I think has a really interesting story. Um, he, you know, I, I was big on Nadal, but if you watch kind of his, his last race, uh, he went off like four to five and he almost got beat at the wire by an 80 to one horse. Um, so, so I have questions, uh, around him, uh, tis the law, his last time out, I thought it's ending would give him a, a bit more of a run for his money. And it was just, a beat down. Um, I think as long as independence hall doesn't get his head kind of screwed on straight with the, the longer time period here, cause I believe it's running September 5th. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be important to kind of see what, what the buildup is, how independence hall looks kind of coming out. If he's, uh, calm and collected, or if he's a bit of a, a, a disaster, um, but tis the law right now would be the one I'm looking at. I think he's like five or six to one. Um, so you're essentially betting on him running and yeah, I, I don't think that's a bad look. Got it. Got it. Uh, any trainers doing any trainers or jockeys, uh, doing especially great things during this quarantine? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, you know, they're, they're human beings. So there's up and downs, especially with the jockeys. Um, you know, one of my, one of my buddies, uh, kind of lives and dies by following the hot hand for the jockeys. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. You know, his whole cap. Does he process, live more or die more? <laughs> I have seen him have, monster days and i have seen him have mediocre days i've never seen him be be cleaned out mm. um 
so you know uh our our whole thing like usually he's the buddy i I typically go to the track with the most he's the one i I spend most of my time with capping this stuff uh his whole model is uh keep it simple stupid um and and, you know i i think that works for horse racing to an extent we just went through you know i've met people that have a a model with 300 400 uh, factors that they're trying to account for um i'm not trying to say one is better than the other i just think you know the more you learn about the sheet, the more information you can take away, the more confused you can make yourself. So sometimes it is important just to keep it simple. I like this. I should, I'm going to ask Drew a question. What, yeah. what are you going to do with this information between now and the next horse race? Cause I know what I'm doing. <sighs> Man. Uh, well, I'm going to pick a race. That's not the grade grade stakes race. And I'm going to try to, make an informed handicap from top to bottom. What about you? I, I have an honest question for you guys. How, how much of this sheet did you know how to read before we started doing this tonight? Uh, <laughs> can I, can I admit that I thought the, I thought the times were the time of the horse, not uh, the time yeah, of the leader. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I had that confused. So some of it, I knew, you know, the order, but I think, I think a couple things that I want to do between now and then is learn some of the 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 keys the legends whatever you want to call it to the abbreviations so like you know you say you love the the part at the end where it says you know three wide turns ask five sixteenth pl i don't know what the shit that means five (laughs) six wide upper weekend like i want to know i want to so around the last turn what was that last one five six wide five six wide uppr upper and then it said weekend like I yeah, want to so, so read he, more he was until pushed that. wide and then didn't have a late kick essentially. Yeah, no, and that, that's like you know what that means. But a lot of that, I really, I really want to get into whatever the if there's a name for that part, just the the race description there at the end, and then also some of the other abbreviations. Like if you know what the abbreviations mean, it's less Greek, and it, you can actually make some stuff make sense out of this. And I think uh, the biggest takeaway for me was probably when you described the the progression of the races it went through, you said, you know, it dropped down, dropped down. And then it had a couple of shows. It went up and, you know, it had a really nice race. And then it, it won a couple races. It kept moving up and then got the shit kicked out of it up in Pimlico and might've got hurt. Like that, I think yeah. that's one of the most undervalued pieces of information on the forum is looking at it and see if a horse is stepping up or stepping down in competition, figuring out why. And then, you know, the, the second piece for me would be trying to figure out how the race is run. So identifying the early runners, identifying the horses that I like. Um, typically I'm not betting early runners, even at Gulfstream, I'm looking for kind of stalker horses. Um, and I'm looking for trips that set up for them. I like it. I like it. Thanks a lot for doing this because yes, I appreciate this it. was better than the WikiHow article. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And I will post uh, screenshots of the uh, of the race nine at Gulfstream Park um, past performances to go along with yeah. the podcast, so you guys yeah, can uh, wanna... follow along and home if you want. If you're doing nothing, if you're if you're sitting around bored and you're like, shit, man, I really wish I could see this. Uh, just uh, check the uh, the fig the uh, the JPEGs that are embedded in my tweet that tweets out yep. the link to this podcast. Yeah, um, definitely. Right. If, if you're listening to this and you want to go back and listen to those parts and actually sit and look at what we were all staring at while we went through this, I think that would be super helpful if you actually wanted to try to make a little more sense of some of the shit Mark said. Absolutely agreed. Um, and uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are willing to you know talk talk shop. 
right now uh, and would be happy to answer questions and uh, help get you informed. And I highly recommend, you know, our friend uh, Money Mills Mark as a resource. So um, with that, should we wrap it up here? I like it. Good. It good thanks, for, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Gave me something to do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. there's, a, there's a funny meme that a bunch of my horse friends uh, were sending me over the last week, and it was kind of that Joe Exotic meme where it goes, I will never financially recover from this. So uh, <laughs> just remember, I think with anything, there's a, there's a tax you have to pay to learn. So, um, you know, especially in horse racing, I would keep the bets very, very small at the beginning, um, because you can ramp those up significantly. I mean, I mean, we didn't even get into all the boxes and, and things you can do and you can, you know, be walking around going, Holy fuck, well, how did I just put a $500 ticket? Yeah. Yeah. No, I like this. And there- um, it'll, and you know, the, again, the, the, the best advice, to be had related to horse racing is like, it's a totally different ball game than betting, uh, you know, minus one ten sides and totals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this will teach you how to lose. It'll humble you. Uh, it'll force you to kind of really hone your craft and it's challenging. Like this is an all time challenge to, to do well at this. So, um, but it's an endeavor that you ought to give it a try because it's a, uh, it's a hell of a lot of fun. And there's, it's just, it's so much fun watching these races. And when you have skin in the game, it makes it that much better. So with that, we wrap, take care, uh, be safe up there. And, uh, hopefully, uh, let's, uh, let's find some winners here in, uh, Gulfstream and Oak and, uh, in Arkansas over the next couple of weeks, huh? Yes. Very excited for, uh, very excited for something to do after the draft. All right. Take care. <laughs>